0: Now this is a holiday week in case you didn't know it. I know that everybody that works knows it's a holiday and if you have to work tomorrow then it's usually double time. If not, I feel, uh, I feel bad for you <laughs> that you have to work <laughs> for regular time. But anyway, it, it's good to have a day off. I love days off, don't you? I remember when I used to work overtime and they used to just want to pay me overtime, and I used to say, man, just give me comp time. I'd rather have comp time than overtime? Because there's just something about not having to go to work in the morning that is just wonderful, isn't it? Get up and say, oh, man, I got this whole day, and you just get up. Next thing you know, the day's over with. You wonder, what's going on? <laughs> but anyway, it's good to have, it's, in this day and age, it's good to even have a job, isn't it? I'm thankful that those that have a job. I worked a lot of years, and I know what it's like to get up early in the morning. I used to get up 4 o'clock in the morning, so I know what it's like. And uh, we used to go to church, and the every, we never missed a, uh, a service unless we were out of town, which was very rarely, a couple times a year, I guess. But we were there. I didn't care because, you know, you get tired when you get up in the morning, but as soon as the day wears off and it gets close to getting time to go to church, then all of a sudden we'd get this new wind. We'd think, oh, wow, praise the Lord I get to go to church tonight. Yay, I love that. Because I was afraid that if I missed church, I was going to miss something. And so I didn't want to miss something. Because usually that's when the stuff happens, isn't it, when you're not there? And I didn't want to miss anything, so I wanted to make sure I was there. And then I'd go home and I'd get up and, oh, man, I'm tired. I'm so tired. But then, guess what? Revival time. And revival's coming up. You know, can next first first week of October, we're having a revival here. The Carpers are going to be here. So to, you know, prepare for that. We're excited about that. Been a, almost. A year. Well, that has been a year since they were here, so... Hallelujah for that. We're going to get excited about that. But how many of us look forward to getting up on Monday mornings to go to work? <laughs> do we look as much forward to as much on Monday mornings as we do Saturday mornings? I thought that being how this was a Labor Day weekend, that I'd, you know, kind of maybe get something related to work. And so that's what we're going to kind of talk about this morning. Now, I know that uh, none of us always look forward to getting up and going to work. I didn't some days. I figured that if I had a job that I loved to, loved to be at, then, then I'd never come home. So <laughs> I guess it's a good thing we like being home a little bit better than we like being at work. But they did a survey, America Online did, uh, and salary.com, they did a survey and said the average worker wastes two hours per day. And that, that doesn't include breaks or lunches. Now, that's amazing. And all those wasted hours, they figure, cost the employers about $759 billion a year. Man, talk about getting bailout money right there. Hey, if they could just give that to taxes. We wouldn't have to pay any, right? <laughs> That's kind of exciting. So how much money that is wasted? So, but how, why do we work? Why do we work? You know, some, you know, I know, you ask yourself that every morning you get up, go to work. Why do I work? Is it just for the paycheck? Is that the only reason we're working, is just for that money? Or is there another reason that we work, that we should be working? Is there another reason that God has for us to be able to work? Now, Colossians chapter 3, we're going to be there uh, most of them. Well, actually, we're going to be there the whole morning. So if you want to go there, the third chapter of Colossians, and we're going to talk about some um, things about work. Maybe a lot of things that you ever thought about. Maybe some, some things that you have. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 22, and we're going to be reading through the fourth chapter, the first verse. Uh, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them at all times, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites. Now, these verses basically talk about the relationship, relationship between a slave and a master. And I know that a lot of us sometimes when we're going to work, we feel like slaves. And I know that if you're, when you're at home and your parents make you do all this kind of stuff, that you feel like you're your parents' slaves. That's what our kids thought when they were growing up. They thought, hey, man, what are we, Slaves. Yeah, that's right, you get on your own, you're a slave, earn your keep. (laughs) (laughs) But the closest relationship that we have as far as in today's time, because we don't have have slavery in the United States anyway, not legitimate or legalized slavery. There are some uh, slavery that's going on. When they find out about it, they break up, those kind of things. But basically, the closest thing we can get to a slave-owner relationship or master relationship is the employer-employee relationship. So if you put the words employee, employer into these verses, then you can kind of get a little better understanding of it because I think that's, what, that's where the meaning is for us today. The reason everyone wants to come to America is because of the job selections that they have. They want to come here and get a, and work because the working conditions in America, even if you have the worst job on the face of the earth in America, it's better than a lot of people have throughout the world. And they would just die to be able to have your job, whatever it is. And they'll do it for less money than you're doing it for. That's why we're having a problem today with all the illegals that are coming in. They're taking the jobs, doing them for less money. And and in some cases, uh, causing Americans to lose their job. And I'm not against immigration. I'm not against anybody coming here and working in America. I'm not against all those. I think everyone has the right to be able to do that. But I want them to do it legally. I want them to do it the way that the other people, you know, because it isn't fair for them to crowd in line. Don't you just hate it when you're in line and you're sitting here and you got all this stuff and you've been waiting in line for 10 minutes and all of a sudden somebody comes in and gets in front of somebody else and crowds right in the line? Don't you just want to just take something out of your shopping cart and hit them with it? You know, it just infuriates you. Well, that's what's going on. You know, when the illegals come in, they're crowding in the line. And a lot of times with the illegal immigration, the problem with it is that it isn't just all the good, hardworking people that are coming here. It's the, you know, a lot of the gang leaders and a lot of the criminals and those kind of things, and we don't want that. So if we can't regulate this, then we're going to get all, more of the kind that we don't want. They're, our prisons are full of illegals because of that very thing. They do all their crimes down there, and then they come up here. But I'm, you know, I'm all for it. I mean, oh, this is America. I come on, bring your all the people that want to come here. That's fine. I have a problem with it. Just do it legally, because we want all the people here legally. We can check their record. We make sure we're not letting in just the gang leaders and just all the criminals. So to protect our country, you wouldn't want a criminal babysitting your kids. You'd want to know, wouldn't you, if you hired a babysitter? You'd like to know whether or not that person's a child molester. <laughs> Yeah. So that's kind of the the scenario we have. But anyway, they're coming here because the job selections we have here are so much better than where they came from. And in other parts of the country, you didn't really have a choice in your field or occupation. If your father was a farmer, you were going to be a farmer. Period. That was it. You had no choice. The only uh, exception to that would have been is if you was very gifted in athletic things and then they would put you on the Olympic teams. That would be the only exception to those rules. And they'd go around and do testing and things like that. But if your pa- father was a farmer, you was going to be a farmer. If your father was a carpenter, you'd be a carpenter. Jesus was raised as a carpenter because his father was a carpenter. And by the other side of that, if your father was more a, a blue-collar or white-collar, I mean a an executive type person, and that was his job, you'd be more likely to be able to, to go into that field too. So this America, they come here because they can get to choose the kind of job that they want. And so that's one of the reasons that they come here. <clears throat> All right, now I want, this morning, I want to look at some principles that we can have in the workplace that will help us glorify God and please God. Isn't that what we want to do as Christians? Don't we want to please God and glorify God? Not only here at church, because it's easy to praise God and glorify God here at church, but we want to do it in the workplace. We want to be able to, to be an example for God in the workplace. And I want to talk about some principles in the workplace that will please God and glorify God. And the first of these is the the workplace is a place to display our integrity. Now, most of us work 40 hours a week. I don't. Sometimes I think I work more than 40 hours a week, it seems like. It seems like you're doing one thing and you go from one thing to the other thing. And uh, But... And women, we know more about this because you usually work 40 hours a week, and then you go home and work another full-time job at home. Isn't that right? But when I was working, this was tag team house cleaning at my house. Tag team, you know, doing these things. I did the cooking (laughs) and those kind of things. But, uh, But in America, you know, we basically work 40 hours a week. And those 40 hours a week, we spend a lot more time sometimes at work than we do with our own families. We, see our, we don't see our kids usually 40 hours a week when our kids were being raised. We didn't see them 40 hours a week or spend 40 hours a week with them. But we do with our co-workers. So we spend a lot of time in the workplace. And it's all this time that we spend at the workplace, we're going to have an effect on the people that we work with. We may not want to admit it or even think about it, but we will. We can either influence them as Christians towards finding God and leading them to Christ or making them want to come to Christ, or we can influence them to turning away from Christ because of our attitude and because of our work ethic and our integrity at work. And that God wants us to have our integrity at work. Colossians, the, the 22, the verse 22 of that chapter says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because you're reverent fear of the Lord. Slaves, were told to obey their masters in all things. Well, we as employees are to enjoy and obey our employers in all things. Now, the only exception to this rule is if our employers are trying to get us to do something that's dishonest or something that we know Christ would disapprove of. And when I was a supervisor, I had this situation arise. We'd had one of the areas in the final area, we were shipping the stuff out, ready to ship it to the customer, and they were going on a a cargo ship going to Japan. And all of a sudden, the people noticed that, hey, they were scanning the final weights of these inflators. We made the inflators that go into airbags, that make the airbags, you know, expand. That's what they made. And... um, The last thing to do before you put them in the package and inspect them for final inspection was to weigh them to make sure that the weight was okay within customer requirements. And uh, one day they were playing I don't know how many hours that they went through this whole thing, and somebody noticed, oh, my thing isn't plugged in, because they had a plug that went from the, the weigher thing that recorded the weight into the computer. Oh, it's not plugged in. Well, how long has it been plugged in? I don't know. The dog unplugged it, <laughs> but they weren't paying attention to what they were doing. And so I went in, you know, and I told, the, told my boss, I says, this is what happened. And uh, he says, well, it's all right, let it go. And I says, I'm not letting anything go. I says, if you want to sign off on of it, you can go ahead and do it. I says, but I'm not going to say that these things are okay and sign my little name to it when I know that I'm not sure course, actually, I was sure because we had a process that weighed him without a label and a cap. And eventually, I submitted a, a plan to have them use that as the final weight and add an average of the label and in the, in the, the cap thing to it, and which they eventually did. But I said, I'm not signing my name off. Forget it. I'm not going to. We can either go back through 5,000 units and weigh every one of them, or somebody else is going to have to get approval. So they eventually got approval, but it had been a very high, because I knew that that was a lot of time that was wasted, and we have to put out so many things a day in order to keep the customer happy, because we're there to please the customer. And that was the thing, and I had a perfect opportunity to say, hey, man, no thank you, I'm not doing it, Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, not me. And sometimes those circumstances will come up, maybe they'll want you to lie for them. You know, the boss, somebody comes in and even even at home. When the phone rings and the parents say, Tell them I'm not here if that's for me. You don't want me answering your phone. No way, if that's the answer you want, I'm not answering the phone because I'm not lying for you. <laughs> or they'd say, They'd go run out to the streets, all right, they're not here or something, you know, okay, run right out. <laughs> But uh-uh. no, we've got to display integrity in the workplace. And that's the best way we can do it there as long as we can do it as unto God. Because if we can't do it unto God, we can't do it. That's a, that, if you want to know whether there's a doubt about whether or not something you should be doing, ask, can I do it unto God? If Jesus was standing over my shoulder watching me, could I do this? If you can, then hey, you're all right. But they were supposed to obey their, sa- their masters without any questions. And I've told it many times, if my boss told me to plant tomatoes upside down and I was a gardener, I'd plant them upside down. do not matter to me. I'm getting paid to do what he tells me to do. And if it's wrong, it's his problem. If I told my people something to do and it was wrong, hey, come to me. I'm the one that told them to do it. And that's what we need to realize in the workplace. But we can't do it if we can't do it unto God. Now, when we're at work, it says we're supposed to do it in t- from a heart. Not just externally. You know, a lot of times we'll go to work and we'll just do things because, oh, i got to have my paycheck today, i got to do this, and we're just doing it and doing it and doing it, whatever. But God says he wants you to do it from the heart. Now, that's a little harder to do, isn't it? Pretend like you like what you're doing when you hate your job. And if you can't work sincerely from your heart because you don't like your job or whatever, then maybe you need to get another job. If you can't work sincerely from the heart in the position that you're at, then you need to get another job. Because God says he wants us to work at that job from our heart. Not just going through the motions. Not just doing the minimum requirements for the job. I believe that Christians should do more than the minimum requirements for a job. And I always tried to go over and above what was required of me as far as a job was concerned. And sometimes I stuck my fingers in a lot of things I shouldn't have. (laughs) So there is the other side of that. But anyway... God wants us to work from the sincerity of our heart. And he wants us to be loyal to the place that we work. Now, being loyal to the place that we work means that, hey, if, the, if the, you go over to the supply cabinet and there's about 300 pens sitting in there and you think, oh, man, they're not going to miss 10 of them. I could use 10 of these pens at home. They're pretty cool pens. I like them. I think I'll take a couple home with me. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> If nobody's ever told you that's wrong, I'm here to tell you it's wrong. <laughs> That's just as much stealing as it is when you go to the grocery store and you steal a piece of candy or whatever it might be. And that's part of being loyal to the place that you work and having an integrity, knowing that that paper clip belongs to the, church, belongs to the work. A little paper clip, a, a pen, a piece of paper, a pad of paper, doesn't matter what it is. It belongs to the, job, the employer. You can, if you're going to be a loyal and have an integrity, you've got to quit sticky fingers. No sticky fingers at work. And when you're loyal, too, it means you have a special loyalty to the, to the company that you work for. And I remember one time in my, in my career, I worked for um, Safeway Grocery Warehouse. Now, because I worked for Safeway Grocery Warehouse, I did my shopping at Safeway Grocery Warehouse. <laughs> Not the warehouse, but at the stores. I did 99, 9 tenths of my shopping at the store at, at Safeway. If there was a loaf of bread or something I need, I may go up in town because I don't want to drive 10 miles. Just get a loaf of bread when I can go half a mile. So, But generally, I did all my shopping at Safeway, Safeway stores because I was being a loyal employee. Now, I know some places you work, hey, you can't do that. I mean, if I ever needed an inflator, I'd probably buy it from where I worked. <laughs> but generally speaking, that wasn't in the, in the cards. But if I needed something uh, like a grocery warehouse or those kind of things, you work for Coca-Cola, drink Coca-Cola. If you work for Pepsi, drink Pepsi. I think that there should be a loyalty there belonging to you know to that so that's part of being loyal i think that god wants us to be loyal and i was um as a supervisor i expected my people to do the job that i hired them to do and that they hired you because they needed a job done they didn't hire you because they had to have so much so many people working there period no they hired you to do a certain job and i told the people that worked for me i had uh, 69 people that worked for me and i told them i don't care if you talk if you can work at the same time, I don't have a problem with you talking. But as soon as the work stops, the talking better stop. Because i, I will not I won't paying you to work. I'm not paying you to talk. And I didn't care if he was talking about Jesus. I didn't care if you talking about your kids or if he's talking about the game last night. And, man, that was a good game last night if you watched it. It was a good game. <laughs> I didn't care what they were talking about. Because I didn't hire them to talk. I hired them to work. And as Christians, we need to realize that the workplace is a place that we display our integrity. It's not a time to proselyte. If we get the opportunity and we can do those kind of things, then praise the Lord for that. But we weren't hired to do that. We were hired to work. And when we show our integrity by doing that. And that's what God wants for us. And the way that a person works affects how other people see God and understand and believe God. Now, if I'm uh, claiming to be a Christian and my employer comes and all I'm doing is just uh, goofing off all day and slacking and I'm not doing near the work that someone else is doing that isn't a Christian, then we have a problem because I think that Christians should be to have the most integrity of anybody in the workplace. And I believe that that's God's will. And we need to really understand who we work for. When you're on the job, who are you really working for? Amazing. Are we just working for a paycheck? Is that all we're doing? I was just amazed that, you know, if I would walk into a work into one of the workplaces, because it was just areas of uh, the place where I worked, and every, as soon as I walked through there, I don't care what it was, the environment changed. <laughs> it, all of a sudden, everybody was all business. But if I stuck in the corner, you know, sometimes I'd do that, stick around and look around the corner and see what's going on when I'm not there. Of course, eventually the company got smart and they put little cameras in there. You know, now with all this modern technology, they put cameras in just to just uh, shortly before I left so that you could watch them. You can go in anywhere you want and watch what's going on in the areas. So, But it's amazing how the environment changes when the boss walks through the, through the plant. All of a sudden, there's no goofing off. And everybody's just working, and they're doing their thing and all those other kind of things. Why isn't it like that all the time? It should be like that all the time as Christians. We shouldn't have to have the boss standing over our shoulder for us to work. We should be able to be willing and wanting to be able to work just as if they were there all the time. Actually, it's harder for me to work with bosses there because I was afraid if I was going to make a mistake, that would be when I'd make one. <laughs> they're there. But anyway, that was what we were there for. And um, we needed to work hard all the time because God wants us to and expects us to, according to his word. <clears throat> And the way we work affects the people around us, the way we want to reach out to people. When we're trying to lead them to Christ and they know we're a Christian, if we're slacking all the time, they'll think, man, what do I want that? Man, that te- is that what God, your God teaches you? I don't like it. I don't want anything to do with that, especially as an employer. Employers should want to hire Christians over anybody else because they should be the best workers that you have. Should be a Christian. And non-Christians should want to hire Christians over I'm excuse me, non-Christians should hire, want to hire Christians over non-Christians because of their integrity, because of their willingness to work, their, their willingness to go the extra mile, the willingness to be able to, to do their job without having to be babysit all the time so they don't have those two hours a day that they're goofing off. I believe that that's God's will for every Christian worker, to be able to put in their time, to have eight, day, eight hours of, uh, a day's pay for a day's wages. That seems simple enough. If you was an employer... That's what you'd want. If I'm hiring somebody to do something for me at the house, and we have, sometimes we build a house, we hired a contractor. And this was a Christian contractor, too. And I know just how upsetting it is to somebody, because we hired them. Thought, oh, man, I'm going to hire a Christian, man. It's going to get done right and on time and everything. But he came out, started the work, and then was gone for three weeks because another job came up. And he figured it was okay that he could keep us waking while he did this other job that was a lot, paid a lot more money. And I thought, well, when? No wonder people don't like to hire Christians. I don't want to hire a Christian. (laughs) Makes me want to see, hey, I want to see the tithe check on one I just paid you, you know. (laughs) Make me feel better about it. But we as Christians got to make sure that when someone hires us to do something, we've got to make sure that we're giving them what they're paying for. Because that reflects on our God. Even though we don't say, well, hey, that's the way the world is. No, not according to God it isn't. So, <clears throat> Colossians three twenty two, oh, excuse me, three twenty three says, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. We are to work heartily. That means faithfully from the heart. Because who are we working for? According to that verse, it says working as unto the Lord. According to this verse, we're supposed to work heartily or work faithfully because from the heart. Because we're working for God. Now, hey, just realizing that should change our attitude about our jobs. When we understand that it's God that we need to please, and it's God we need to uh, uh, show that we're doing what we're hired to do, then our attitude towards our jobs should change, should take on a new light. Because we should be able to do everything that we do joyfully as unto the Lord. And our jobs we need, especially now, if you have a job, in this day and age, the way things are going, the economy's going down in the toilet, it's great to have a job. And man, we should be joyful and happy and going to work with a smile on our face and everything because we have a job. And we not only have a job, but we get an opportunity to represent God. We're God's ambassadors, or God's representative in the workplace. And God wants us to be there for a specific purpose. It wasn't just so he could figure out how to tie up our hours and give us he needed we needed to have something to do. And then as Christians, we not only have something to do with our hands, we have to have a way to reach people. And God has to, sometimes it's the only way that God can get us out into the world. If none of us had to work, how many of us would go outside the door of our house? Or we'd sit there and surf the hundred and whatever channels that we have on satellite. A lot of us wouldn't even leave the front door. So God knows that a work forces us outside the door. It forces us into the mission field. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to go outside our door and He gives us something to do because idle hands are the devil's workshop. You ever notice that when your kids, when you're raising your kids, if they didn't have something to do, that's when they got in trouble? They didn't have something to occupy their time, get a bunch of kids together, and there isn't anything organized for them to do? They're going to find something to do and it's going to be what you want. And God knows that that's our compensity as Christians and as people to be able to start deteriorating and do things we shouldn't be doing. When we have idle hands. So, God gives us something to do 40 hours a week. Some people work more than that, some people work less. But that's why God gives it to us. And if you don't work and you're home taking care of your house, that's a hard job taking care of kids. I told, I, when I was raising my kids, I thought, man, I'd rather go to work. Some days these kids drive me crazy. I know it was a short drive. So, but it's hard work. No matter what you do, it's hard work. And God wants us to know that we're doing it for Him, not just for that paycheck. If we're just doing it for the paycheck, then we need to get our motives changed and say, God, help me to be able to, to go to work and change my attitude towards them. And if things aren't going very well for you at work and you think your boss is out to get you or you think this person has got it out for you and you got cheated out of that promotion or whatever it might be that you felt like you deserved, then the way to, under, the way to get through that is to pray for them. When I was working, I prayed for the place I worked. If you're not playing for your employer, you need to start. Because God, they can't bless you if they're not blessed. And so I'd pray, God, bless this place I work. Let them grow. Let business expand. Let us have to hire more people. Let all these things happen. Lord, let them be blessed above measure. Because if they're not blessed, you can't be. And if they're not blessed, they're going to start laying off people. And you might be the one that gets laid off. So we need to pray for our employers. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a grocery store or whether you work for the government. The government's in worse trouble than anybody right now. We need to pray for our government. We need to pray that they'll get some wisdom up here because they don't know what they're doing. They want a change. Well, this isn't quite the change I wanted. Or, or most of the people that voted for them say, man, can I take my vote back? <laughs> they get the change even though it isn't what they wanted. So we need to realize that we are God's representative in the workplace. And God just didn't put us there because he didn't have nothing better for us to do. He put us there to be able to evangelize as long as on our own time and be witnesses. Because we are called to be a witness. Not necessarily be talking 99 miles an hour, 8 hours a day while you're at work. When you get the opportunity to answer questions, then fine, answer the question. And while I've been at work, I've prayed for people. They come and ask me for prayer, I'll pray for them. If it's in a, you know, a break, usually a break or something, I, your breaks are free. Hey, do whatever you want on your break. It's your time. But when you're working, and if you can work and talk, and I could work and talk. And I remember when I worked at Hercules, I used to watch people work, and that was my favorite job. Oh, I loved that job, Sit my feet up propped up on something and watching people work, and it was okay. Oh, I loved that job. Oh, I loved that job. Best job I ever had. <laughs> and I could sit there and I could talk to them, and we talked about religion, and we talked about all kinds of things as long as they were working. And they did fine, did their job, and it made the day go by faster. But there are times when you can't talk, and you have to concentrate on your work when there's more critical things that you need to be thinking about. When I'm trying to do O-ring compressions for the, for the satellite or for the, the boosters for the uh, rockets that go up to the these spacewalks, I can think of the name of it, now, Columbia and all these other things that go up for our missiles. And I need to be th- having my mind on things that I need to be doing because I need to make sure this compression ratio that I'm figuring out is going to be all right because last thing I want to happen is when they fire that n- that nozzle just goes and sears off into somewhere. Now, I don't like that. I won't be my fault. <laughs> so there's times that I have to, you know, more concentrate on things. But basically, if you can talk at work, fine, go ahead and do it. And we need to understand that we work for the Lord. Another thing that we need to realize, the payday's coming. There is a payday coming. Colossians three twenty four and twenty five says, "Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance, a reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. But you do wrong. But if you do wrong, it is wrong. You will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For, for God has no favorites. God has no favorites. God has no favorites. So it doesn't matter who you are. You can't be the 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 one that gets." You know, you always have the the people at work or the person at school, they call them brown nosers or whatever they call them, teachers' pets. We hated them, didn't we? Well, God doesn't have teachers' pets. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful God doesn't have teachers' pets. So we are all, we are to be working for the Lord, and he says we're going to have a paycheck. And he says that we're going to have an inheritance now, this concept of an inheritance to slaves was kind of something they really didn't understand because slaves, they didn't even get paid, let alone have an inheritance. All they had to look forward to was live, spending their whole lives as slaves. No hope for no future, no, even no hope of getting out of slavery. They had none. And if they had kids while they was a slave, they didn't even get to have their kids. Their kids belonged to their master. They didn't have nothing. And so this concept of an inheritance for a slave, wow, this is something that, they, man, their ears and their eyes perked up. They meant an inheritance. Wow, this is something I can look forward to in the next life. You are I may suffer here, but, man, I got an inheritance coming. So one day God's going to give them a paycheck, and one day God's going to give us a paycheck if we're faithful to him because he has no favorites, and he has an inheritance for us. Matthew twenty. Um, The 24b says, the master you are serving is Christ. So we already know who our master is. Matthew 25, 23 says, his master said to him, Well done, you upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter into the share of the joy, the delight, and the blessedness which your master enjoys. Part of being faithful servant is remembering that one day God's going to reward us. And I'm anxious to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. A lot of traditions actually put slave in there (laughs) because when you're serving God, that's basically what you're doing. We're not serving him for what we get in this life necessarily, for what we can lay up treasures in heaven. He says, Lay not treasures up in this world, but lay up your treasures in heaven where the rust doesn't corrode. That's where God wants us to lay up our treasures. Now, we can't earn our salvation. We don't earn salvation. It's a free gift. We just come to God and say, Lord, I acknowledge you as my Savior, and I know that you died on the cross for my sin, and we accept him as our Savior, and that gets us in. That gives us the key to the gates of heaven. But What we lay up in heaven is up to us. We can have a, a big inheritance or we can have a small inheritance. It's up to us, whatever we want to do. If we serve him faithfully, and it doesn't mean that uh, if, we're all, if we're only given five things, we're not going to get as much as someone that's given a 100. It's what we do with what he has given to us that he's going to judge us on and he's going to reward us for. If he only gave me one thing that I can do, one talent, one ability thing that I can do, then how faithful was I to what he wanted me to do with what he's given me? That's what I'm going to have an inheritance on. If he's given me more things, then it's going to be the, what faithfulness I've done to that. So if the more you're given, the more is required. So if he's given you one talent and he's given me ten, I'm going to be held to a higher standard than what you are because he's given me more to be responsible for. So sometimes it's not a blessing. <laughs> Jesus, you take care of one thing yet it is ten. But God's going to reward us according to our faithfulness. So if we're here and we're not faithful in serving him and serving him at work, serving him at home, serving him in everything that we do, then we're not going to get a reward for that. We're not going to get an inheritance for that. We're going to get in. We're going to have a mansion. He's promised that. He's going to prepare a place for us. But he wants to reward us according to our faithfulness. It's faithfulness that God wants in our heart. And he wants loyalty. And he wants all those things that we want from our, for our kids and from, our, <clears throat> from the people that work for us. If you have people, hire, hire people. Verse 25 said, but if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites. (laughs) Hey, we get the good, but we also get the bad. If we're doing things we shouldn't be doing, God's going to reward us for that too. So we want to make sure that we're doing all the things that God wants us to do because he's going to reward us both ways. I want the good. I want the inheritance. I don't want things for not being faithful. I don't want those kind of things because those aren't good. We grounded our kids when they didn't do what they were supposed to do. I don't want to be grounded in heaven. (laughs) I don't know how those things work out. That's between God. But I don't want it. So it's not a matter of who you are. God will deal with each one of us individually. And whatever he's given unto us is what we're going to be required for. That's why we have uh, stiffer laws for people that are under authority for people. Have you noticed that? If you're a teacher. And you do something wrong against one of your students, the penalty is a lot higher than if you're just somebody down the street, if you're under a a similar authority over them. The penalty is higher. So we have this in with God and we have these requirements and responsibilities that we have. So the more responsibility we have, we're going to be held to a higher standard. So I'm going to be held to a higher standard because I have more responsibility and it's a scary thought. Keeps you on your knees. You want to know how you can pray more? Add more responsibility to your life because it keeps you praying. It keeps you on your knees and keeps you praying. Actually, I don't do a lot of praying on my knees because it's hard for me to get there. I do a lot of walking and praying. That's why I walk a lot. This is the way I pray too. This is why I have a hard time standing still for anything. If I want to stand still, I have to sit because I have a hard time. But I walk and talk. I believe in walking and talking with God. Adam walked and talked with God in the garden. I want to walk and talk with God in my study. <laughs> So, another thing we need to realize is that employers have a boss too. In the slave-master relationship, the masters are held to a higher standard because of that authority issue. A lot of um, employers have taken advantage of the employees. And they've made it, well, come on over to my house tonight at 10 o'clock if you want that new promotion. God holds them to a higher standard because of their authority and because of their responsibility. Colossians 4.1 says, Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you have a master in heaven. Now, I think it's kind of interesting that God didn't tell masters that were Christians to free their slaves. I thought that was kind of, you know, why didn't he do that? (laughs) That don't make any sense. Why didn't he just tell them to free his slaves? I have no idea. Don't understand it. I guess, you know, the culture of the thing, a lot of people that were slaves in that time frame, they were happy with where they worked. They loved their jobs. And if they would have went out, all of a sudden they were freed one day after they have been slaves for 40 years of their life or 30 years of their life, they would have been lost. They wouldn't know what to do. How would they feed themselves? What would they do? So the masters, a lot of them, they were good masters. And the people didn't want to to leave them. They loved them just as if they, you know, were their family. And so I don't understand that, but it doesn't matter. But it says masters need to be fair and just. Remember, you have a master in heaven, and God's going to hold them to a higher... Higher uh, accountability. The employer is not to take advantage of his employees. They're to provide a fair wage. They're to provide good working conditions. The employer will have to answer to God. The Christian businessman has a higher standard to work with. And if the, if the businessman honors God and his integrity as far as his work is concerned, then usually their businesses thrive. If you get a lot of these businesses that we have nowadays, like J.C. Penney's, when it first started, he went by the principles of God. And because of those principles that he lived by, his business grew and expanded, and he became a millionaire because he honored God. He said, I'm going to give God 10% of everything that I have. And he did that, and God kept blessing him and blessing him. Pretty soon he was living on 10% and giving 90% to God. I believe today that's a good deal. When we're faithful with what God has given to us, then he will be faithful to us. But I don't think he would have grown to the degree it was if he hadn't been faithful to God. Walmart, it started out with those kind of principles. Treat your employees fairly. Do all these other kind of things, and their business expanded. we know what they have now. They have over, what, 3,200 stores or something? I don't remember how many. Quite a few anyway. So many people spend a lot of time at work, and all they do is gripe and complain about where they're at. We need to quit complaining at work because the problem with all this griping and complaining at work is that it puts a spirit in our hearts of of unhappiness and uneasiness, and every time we do it, it just feeds that. And pretty soon, we get more, we complain more and more and more. It may be, even if it's in your mind and you think about it, don't say it. Because we are blessed to have a job. And if you're not happy with that job, find another one. But don't complain about it. Don't complain about the people you work with unless you're in, in an environment where they want to ask your opinion and you're, it's your boss and those kind of things. But anyway, we need to be more grateful for the, for the jobs that we had and be held to a higher standard than what other people do. we call to do our best all the time. And we need to give more than the minimum required because we're working for the Lord. And we need to remember that God is on display through our lives. That's the biggest reason we need to, to work for God at work, know that we're serving God at work because people see us and we want to win our network people work to God, don't we? We spend more time with them than anyone else. I want to work. When I work with people, I want to believe them to the Lord. And there, I have a few people at work that have come to know the Lord because of the work environment. And it'll happen. But I didn't break my go out of my way trying to, to proselytize people. I just was a witness and answered questions. And that's what God wants for us in the workplace. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, you know, maybe I've been a little slack at work. Maybe I haven't been working the way that I should be doing and and I've been a little unfaithful to God by uh, not working the way he would have me do. If that's you this morning and you realize that you need to change your attitude towards your job, you need to change your attitude toward work, let me see your hand. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord. You say, you know, I'm not accountable to him, but I would like to know him because I want to serve him. If that's you here this morning, let me see your hand.